0: Hey, you know what time it is. Welcome into the Daily Knicks podcast. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Frank Milikita's struggles, why Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson have struggled with fouls in the early part of the season, and we'll take a look at the schedule for December. So, you know what time it is. Strap up your Tim's. Let's go! Alright, thank you guys again for tuning in to the Daily Knicks Podcast. You know, my name is Justin, a.k.a. Justin Incredible, and we are back from a long weekend of ass-kicking. So the last time I talked to you guys, uh, the Knicks were about to take on basically their murderous row of part of the schedule, at least for the early part of the season. And they've done better than I thought. So I'm recording this on a Thursday. Uh, they just lost to the uh, 76ers. They got blown off the court, which is expected on the back end of a double on a back to back on the road against a team that could make the finals. Uh, a team that has three all NBA players on the roster and the Knicks don't even have a all star. So the beat down was pretty uh you know, it was pretty it was pretty evident, um, especially since the way they were playing previously. Now, since the Raptors game on November 10th, they've went 3-9, and nine, uh, losing to the Magic twice, getting blown out by the Thunder, the aforementioned Raptors, um, and the Magic both times. But in those other games where they didn't get blown out, they either won or the game was fairly close. Um, they were able to beat... The Celtics on the road beat the Pelicans at home, beat the Grizzlies on the road. Uh, played a competitive game against the Pistons, a uh, very competitive game against the Trailblazers. Was able to keep that within a two possession game most of the time and show some promise. You know, some of the players are actually showing some promise. But the big issue and the big story that the Knicks want to talk about is the dealing of Frank Milikina. Now, I wrote an article on um, the site. You can go ahead and check it out. Um, there is a rumor, a report, that the uh, the Knicks are quote-unquote out on Frank Neokina. Uh, they appear that they don't seem interested in keeping him around. Uh, this report is coming from Chris Vernon of the um, Ringer, who, when the Knicks came down to play... The Memphis Grizzlies this past weekend had a chance to catch up with some of the Knicks brass and talked about some of the young players. Now, during the conversation, he mentioned that the Knicks were very high on players like Trier and Robinson. Those seem to be the two standout guys, um, you know, for them. Uh, they expressed some concern about the Hazonia signing. Also, the same thing about um, Mitchell Robinson's struggles. Now, on the Mitchell, I'm sorry, on the Kevin Knox um, on the Kevin Knox side of it, um, there has been reports or has been reported out that he's still not fully recovered from that ankle injury he had when he suffered really early in the season against the Celtics at home. Um, so it appears that that type of injury what is being reported is actually a lot more severe than what we were let on. Now, when I saw it at first, it looked like he snapped his ankle. I thought he snapped it and he was out for the year. He couldn't put any weight on it. I thought he was he was done. So he was back in a couple of weeks, which is encouraging, but his minutes have been kind of all over the place. Um, He's been fairly up and down since that injury. Uh, I don't think he's, to me personally, I don't think he's really had a good game um, since he's coming back from that injury uh, early, really early in the season. Uh, So I can check out his minutes played since he's had the injury. Um, because he's been kind of all over the place uh, since he's had it. So he suffered an injury. Excuse me. Uh, He suffered the injury uh, in Boston. Uh, He didn't really play 20. He only played like four minutes in that game. Uh, That was back in October 20th. Okay. He then subsequently missed the next uh, seven games, and then he returned back to action on um, the 5th of November. So he missed three weeks or so, give or take, which is still very encouraging. Um, but his minutes played have honestly been fine since he came back. Uh, so the first game and the second game, he played under 10 minutes. But since that game, he basically went to Toronto. He's played 24, 25, 29, 20, 23, 12, 25, and 9 Against New Orleans. Then it went, it's been nine, then it went down to seven, and then it jumped back up to 15 and 23. Now, some of that has been garbage time. The Knicks have been blown out in some of those games. So the minutes would have gone up. And in some of those games, he's also had a lot of foul problems. But it appears that the Brass at least have still have confidence. And why shouldn't they? They just drafted him a couple months ago. He's only played in, go back and check, he's only played in 16 games so far out of 23. Um, and so for guys who, who's the second youngest player in the, in the draft, the youngest player being Jaron Jackson, he's struggling. Obviously let's <laughs> make no bones about it. He is struggling, but at least my biggest issue with Knox and I'll circle this back to Neil Akina is when he plays, he has a tendency to run and just stay in the corner. And then run back. And he only kind of does three things with the ball. Either he catches shoots. He drives in the lane. And does like a little floater. Or he kind of catches it. Then kind of just kicks it out. He doesn't really have like a secondary move. When you kind of take away that first little initial drive. He doesn't really know what to do. Um, He doesn't really have the ability to reset. And then attack the rim and you're seeing a lot of the issues that he had in college the biggest knock on him in college was his motor he seems to not do anything on the court whereas and that's coming back up because the knicks necessarily don't run a lot of action a lot of like screening the screener or a lot of baseline cutting it's a lot of break down your man get to the lane and either finish up the rim or pass out and then try to find an open shooter if they even have an open shooter so the way their their playing style is suited for him, because he is a isolation player. He's a guy who can get to the rim and finish and create. But with Tim Hardaway, Trey Burke, and even Alonzo Trier now kind of taking his spot necessarily, there isn't necessarily time for him to potentially break down a defense and get to the rim or you know make a cut or do anything like that. He has a very uh, he doesn't have the greatest ability of playing Without the ball in his hands He tends to stand around and not do too much But again, it's only 16 games I'm not freaking out It's fine Now we're getting to Neil Aquino. um So I'll just play the audio from uh, Chris Vernon and I'll come back And I'll let you guys, we'll talk about it After you hear the comments from him Is Frankie Smokes Which I hate to <laughs> report this To Nick fans everybody I talked to was out on him Mm -hmm. and it's quick. It's like, he's not a point guard. They've been playing him at backup shooting guard and he hit some shots early in the season, but the kid can't shoot. No, he can't. And it was just, it was just not a good report. I did not get, Hey, he's going to get there. Hey, he's really got some promise (laughs) or Hey, when he figures it out, it was like, I don't know what he does, you know, or where he's going to fit. And I was like, yikes, yikes. All right, um, so <clears throat> it doesn't look good. Um, that's definitely the most discouraging part of the season so far. Not in the sense that those things that were criticized aren't true. I mean, they he's, he's not played well. Um, but it's interesting that it's coming from the Knicks front office. And this is where the whole thing gets a little confusing. So... Back in the summer, the Knicks picked up Frank's third-of-year option, which part of that made sense because I believe they had – I don't think they had to at the moment. But they did it in the sign of showing confidence in him. Like, hey, we have you. We picked up your option. This is someone we want to keep around. That's one thing. Now, if we even go further back, we had the whole trade of um, Dougie McBuckets when how we got Emmanuel Moutier. Now, the thing about that trade was that originally the person that they wanted to potentially get was Alfred Payton, but the thing was the Knicks were unwilling to trade Frank Milakina to New Orleans. Not mean, sorry, to uh, Orlando, which was a great, great sign for him. Um, It at least showed that Scott Perry at least least wanted to see some more from him. The biggest issue, though, is the fact that now it's – it's basically at a point where I don't think anyone in the organization that wants him. Now, obviously, we can go back to draft day where there was a split between him and Donovan Mitchell. And We obviously see where that's gone. But his shooting has fallen off a cliff. Um, if basically he's only made three, four, I'm sorry, four, three-pointers this month. He made four. He made two against the Hawks. He made one against Toronto. He made one more. I'm sorry. He made five. He made one more against Portland. He made another one against the Pelicans. And he made one more against Memphis. He's made five. He is currently shooting under 30% from the three-point line. It's been really bad. Really bad. And the biggest saving grace is the fact that Frank is, you know, he's such a menace on defense and everything like that. He's able to, you know, give good energy and stuff like that. Even his defense, to me personally, isn't looking well. In his last six games, three of them, he's had a negative. I'm sorry. He's had four negative plus minuses on the court. He had a negative eight against Portland where they lost close. He was plus 10 against Boston, plus, 10, plus six against the Pelicans, but the last three games, one of those was a win, by the way. Negative cents against Memphis, negative five against uh, Detroit, negative 11 against Philly. I understand we all want to be upbeat and happy and want to talk great things about our players and our guy. But as much of a dominating force, Neil Keenan might be on the defensive end. He is, and I quote, a cornerback. In all in all essential stats, he is a cornerback. He cannot be on the floor and give you nothing. He has to score. He has to put the ball in the hole. Um a lot of the times he just seems to be really hesitant. Um just doesn't seem to be able to trust his shot uh for some reason. He'll either just look to pass when he has layups or he just won't shoot open twos. It's it's frustrating in a sense that coming into the season, my biggest concern with him was can you make can you make someone more aggressive than they than they are? Like you can just see Trier, Trier has all the aggression you need. It doesn't matter how good, how bad he's shooting, that guy is going to shoot because he's always been a scorer. He's always scored every level from Pee-wee to middle school, high school, college, he was always able to put the ball in the hole. And for him, if you're always able to put the ball in the hole, you'll always have confidence in it. Now, if you go back to there was a tweet that showed Nidakina has never in his career ever averaged more than 15 points. Ever. You know, even playing in Europe, playing in France, he's never averaged more than 15 points. Now, mind you, he's still really young. Like he's younger than the first overall pick in this draft. Still. Um, And so he's someone that I think the Knicks shouldn't give up on. I think they should keep for a while. I don't think a time in the G League is such a bad idea for someone who has such a bad offensive game. And it's not that people want to talk about the shot. And my thing is not, it's kind of Ben Simmons-ish. It's not the shot itself. Because the shot doesn't look bad. It looks fine. He gets it up. It's just he has no confidence in it. So my biggest thing for him is I think you have to simply build his offensive game from the start. It's basically just say, okay, Frank, I need you to get, I need you to take seven shots in the paint tonight. Whether those are layups, whether those are floaters. Whatever. You need to take seven shots in the paint. Before we want to do anything else, you need to take seven shots in the paint. There has to be something he does well offensively. One thing. And once you get one thing down, once you get confidence in, I can make right-handed layups. I can make left-handed layups. I can make floaters. It doesn't matter what it is. If you have that one thing, the rest of your game will simply completely unlock. Um, I'm not even getting a three point shot. I'm not, and the thing is, I don't think he ha- he's a bad three point shooter. I just think he has no confidence in it. Um, and that's really at the end of the day what it comes down to: just confidence. If you don't, if you aren't confident in whatever you're doing, you're not going to be good at it. So, I do believe a G League stint is near, especially since Courtney Lee is supposed to be coming back in a couple of weeks. He's had two. Like call it is he's been terrible the last two games. Um, he has to be able, he has to be able to find some type of foundational play. Now, I definitely do think if I look it up, the trade deadline is I believe February. It's like right after the All Star break or right before. Let me look that up. NBA trade deadline. I believe it's. Hold on one second. It's the 7th. Okay. Yeah. So it's the 7th of February. So we'll go back to the next schedule. The next play one. We will count this out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27. 28, 29, 30. They have 30 games. They have 30 more games before the deadline. They play their 31st game on the 20 on this on the eighth. Um at the day after the deadline. Is it possible that the Knicks look at it as okay, Lee's coming back? We need to get his trade value up. Let's just play him these next couple of days. We'll sign Trier. And we'll just send Neil Aquino and cut Luke Canard. Luke and they'll both be in our G League affiliate team. That will give Frankie basically two months to work out whatever kinks he has. And then you can bring him back once Courtney Lee is traded. So then you would have lost Courtney Lee by that time. You would have gotten something back. I don't know if it's a player, draft picks, air, Air Force Ones, whatever. You're getting you will get something back for his services. And at that time, you can then bring up Neil Akina and see what you have then. Um now is it a demotion? Yeah, it's a demotion. Like <laughs> he's he's played awful. Um, but I would not trade, especially now. Now you're not gonna get anything back for him. Um so also let me just transition to the false thing we'll we'll take a break. There were people reporting that. The Knicks should try and trade for Markel Fultz. Um, I think that's a, a horrible idea in the sense that they can't have two reclamation projects on their team. If Frankie's already a mess, you think his head's already messed up potentially. Adding another guy whose head's potentially already messed up seems to be worse. Um, And again, the, the, the point guard struggle is going to be an issue because down there we will simply find out what are you? Are you a point guard or are you a three? Are you a two? What can you do? What is it that you can do well? And we have the coach of the year, Mike Miller, down there in the G League affiliate, and it's fine. I think bringing in faults would cloud the room even more. Uh, you already have Burke, Moutier, and I don't even think um, uh, uh, Markel's people want to go to a team that's going to send him down to the G League, especially in a bigger market than Philly. Um, so I would X the trade of Markel Fultz, unless, unless... They view him, which most people did at the time, as just a wildly better product uh, prospect than Neil Akina. And they basically just flop players. And they go, here's Neil Akina, we'll take Fultz. You give us, you know, a second round pick. Because that's the thing. Fultz makes a lot of money for a first overall pick. He makes a lot of money. And so for that, if they take him back, they have there has to be a pick involved. As well, and I don't know, uh, the money might not match as well, so we might have to send another player as well, but definitely let that be a a sign for what's going to happen. But taking a quick break. All right, back again, Um, switching over gears to, I guess, the main another issue with the team is Knox and Robinson, not necessarily for their play, but more their lack of play. So they've been fouling a lot, (laughs) and they have been putting the Knicks not only – not just themselves, but the Knicks in bad situations – and why is that? Why is that such a, such a case? Now, um, the coach, David Fisdale, just came out and said that not neither Knox nor Robinson will be demoted to the G League. Um, they basically say he wants them to figure it out. Um, it's, just, it's just basically um, talking about them having to play through it, like he was quoted in the New York Post saying, I thought Kevin had some good flashes of aggression today. Um, fizz basically shot down the idea of him getting sent down saying i'm gonna keep both of them with us though whatever tough times we go through that's what we have to go through with them right now but i want them with our guys playing with our guys interacting with our guys having success and suffering with our guys now i definitely do agree to that idea of you got to play through some stuff all right this isn't this isn't a Neil Akina case where I think it's now in his head, his shots in his head, everything like that. I think for Robinson, his offensive game is fine. I mean, he catches lobs. He runs the floor. Um, he does do a few things, not including the the fouls. He does get lost sometimes a little bit in the pick and roll, not not terribly i think he does a good job of obviously blocking shots i wish he would grab a few more rebounds when we can get to that when we talk about kp um but yes he his main issue is is fouls mostly and that's something that you're not going to fix in the g league it's not like they call less fouls in the g league or you get it's a one for two opportunity like you foul once you get two it counts as two. No, they're fouls. That's something correctable. Um, you know, it doesn't look like he's overwhelmed. doesn't look like he's getting shut down or bullied or anything like that. He seems fine, which is shocking. I did not <laughs> think he was going to be uh, with the main team for a while. Knox is a little bit more of an interesting case. He is missing pretty much everything. i already gone over his game a little bit longer, but like Fisdale says, like, He's got to play. He has to play through it, and he has the ability to score. Again, Like not like Neil Aquino. Neil Aquino has, has issues with his aggression, and while Knox is, uh, this, I would say the same thing more, it's not aggressive. Aggression, it's more motor. It's he kind of comes and goes. One minute he's really into scoring, attacking, shooting, playmaking. Next minute it's kind of like I'm going to scan this corner and chill. Milkinna is more just like when he gets the ball, he doesn't really have a plan, really, whereas i at least I can see Knox when he gets the ball. he at least has an idea of what he wants to do. It might not work every time, but he knows at least what he wants to do um and so speaking in that kind of frame of it and that kind of mindset, I definitely do agree with his. I don't think either should get sent down. I think both have struggled, yes, but I definitely do think both will. Not only get better as the season goes along. I think both have shown so far that these guys are players that need to stay on the stay on the team. Now, listen, not everyone is going to be this superstar player. I mean, it's so funny the way we are now in, t- in today's age. Like one guy is twenty, the other guy is nineteen, and we're supposed to expect them to dominate the league full of between twenty-three and thirty-four year, thirty-five year old men. That's what we're expecting, right? That, that's not gonna happen, especially in your first go around. You're still you're still trying to figure out what it's like. Like, let me take you back. Now I don't know how old you are. You listening, but I'm 26 now. If I was 19 and I just got 4.5 million dollars hypothetically to play basketball, one, I'd be ecstatic. But two, you have to think. One guy, both guys are from small towns. I went to school in Florida, really close to Tampa. Tampa, there ain't shit to do down there in Tampa compared to New York City. New Orleans, never been there. Nothing like New York. Um, So we're basically taking kids away from their families. They've Mr. Robinson and Knox have only been away from their families for a few months. Um, He, they get sent to the biggest market with the highest expectations. To one of the worst franchises in the league. And we're supposed to expect these guys to all of a sudden be bona fide stars. How about we give them a chance to learn the area? I bet you Kevin Knox just now knows how to get home from the city. Same thing with Robinson, okay? It takes time just to figure things out in life. So, how about we just do that as opposed to just crushing for figuring out who they are as players so no i don't think they'll go down to the g league i think both players are keepers um and yes that is the model another quick break and then we'll be back about talking about the Knicks' schedule All right, finishing up real quick on the Knicks schedule. So, what I would like to do is I'd like to do a little breakdown of the Knicks schedule. Who's coming up in the docket? All right, so they have the Bucks on Saturday afternoon at five o'clock. Um, after that, this is definitely the light part of the Knicks schedule. This is where the Knicks, if they want to win some games, they got to kind of get fat on these. So it's the month of December. All right, so we got the Bucks Saturday. But after the Bucks, they have the Wizards, who have been playing better at home. Then back at the Celtics, they're probably going to lose that game. But then they have the Nets at home, Hornets at home, at Cleveland, at the Hornets, at the Pacers, home to the Suns, at Philadelphia again, and then at the Bucks. I mean, sorry, at the Hawks. And then they play – I've never seen this before. They play the Bucks on Christmas, and then they play the Bucks again in Milwaukee the next, like two days later. That's really weird. I don't know why they had that set it up where they're playing. I mean, I've seen home and I've seen home and homes where you play the same team uh, back to back times, but I've never seen it like on a Christmas day, and then two days later you're playing at the other team or whatever. Just and I as soon as they play on Christmas, they're basically on their West Coast trip after that. So in that stretch, I think the Knicks will play a lot better. They get some rest right now. They're off until Saturday. So a couple of days for them to relax, stay home in bed and then they get uh a team that, you know, you know, the Bucks are one of the best teams in the league, but a team that I think they'll be a lot more competitive against except for the the 76ers. Um, So we'll see what goes along. Um, Any more news on Courtney Lee or Neil Akina or any of those guys. Uh, But as of right now, Neil Akina is still on the team. And as of right now, Courtney Lee is still not active for the roster. All right. Thank you guys again. This is the last part of the show. You know, talking about like the quick mashup, like talk about something from one topic into another topic, combine them together, let them kind of mix together, talking about sports real quick. So one of the main things that we see out in the world um, in general is a lot of the divisive, I guess, times and stuff like that, a lot of the issues. And no, this is not like a political statement. Um, I'm not making one statement or another, but you've seen how we kind of have gotten deteriorating as a country in in total. Um, And the the main thing about it is talking just about like communication with one another and how communication is key. Um, Communication is key if you're willing to actually listen to what the other person has to say. A lot of times we go into arguments, discussions, conversations, not giving a damn what the other person is going to say at all. You know, it is what it is. It's something that happens all the time, but it unfortunately takes place all the time, whether it's big business, politics, whatever. Um, It's just something that happens. I would implore everyone during the holidays, especially. Since Thanksgiving just passed, we are now in the Christmas season, to try to listen. Even if you can't stand what the other person is trying to say, just listen. And if you don't think you can listen, then don't have the convo. Respectfully leave the topic alone and just keep it pushing. Because the biggest thing you don't want to do is end up talking with a fool. Because from afar, no one can tell who the fool is. Again, thank you guys again for listening to me. Make sure you follow me on the gram, on Twitter, at JustinCred92. We do this bad boy once a week. Um, thank you guys for everyone at the Daily Knicks. Make sure you follow them. Subscribe to their Twitter channel as well, at Daily Daily Nicks. And I'll talk to you guys again next week. All right, go Knicks. Week. All right, go Knicks.